Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back to my house. I've learned three things this week from slightly too much time online, and I thought I'd share them with you at the start of today's preach. Number one, if you're going to rob a bank, statistically, you'll be more likely to succeed if you plan it in the morning. Secondly, it would take one million two hundred thousand mosquitoes each just sucking once to completely drain the average human of blood. And thirdly, I've learned people who like their coffee black are more likely to be psychopaths. So why don't you just look nervously at the person next to you and get ready to run for it. Now, while I've been learning this useless information from the internet, we, on the other hand, have been learning together to pray prayers that God loves to answer. We've learned to pray, search me in week one. Last week, we learned, make me bold. And this week, we're learning, speak to me. It's taken from 1 Samuel and one you just turn there in your Bibles. And as you're looking for it, let me just tell you why this prayer is so important. See, Christians have always believed in a God that speaks. Jesus himself is described as the word. And John 1 tells us his speech commanded nothing to become everything at the beginning of time. And even now, according to Hebrews 1 verse 3, Jesus is holding together your molecules with his word. So if Jesus were to stop speaking, you would stop existing. God spoke to Adam and Eve right in the beginning. And in fact, again and again through the Bible, God speaks to humans. And Exodus 33 verse 11 tells us that Moses spoke to God face to face like a man speaks to a friend, which is just incredible. So God is not this unapproachable tyrant in the sky. He's not this old man who is just too grumpy to bother with little old us. He's not a cosmic watchmaker who wound up the world and is just letting it run down. But rather he is a living, engaged, connected and communicating God. He's not looking for a professional one-way conversation like you'd have with a counsellor who only listens to you speak. Um, But rather he has a relationship with us that is alive and vibrant I remember actually in the early days of married life um, when Pip and I would have some sort of uh, argument or disagreement, Pip would often just shut down and not say anything to protect herself, whereas I would say a lot and not listen very well. And in those days, and sometimes, to be honest, every now and then uh, more recently, The relationship is stuck in those moments. It's immature. It's not healthy because it's all one way. Maturity is moving from just speaking at God to speaking with him. Maturity is praying, God, speak to me. And Samuel, in our reading, is just about to learn that lesson as he finally prays, speak to me. And I would like us to learn how to pray that too. So we're going to pop over to Rachel Westerdale's house in South Leeds for our reading. 1 Samuel chapter 3 verses 1 to 10. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak he could hardly see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord and the up where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. 
And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realised that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Well, thanks so much, Rachel. Um, I hope you caught all of that. Samuel was a young boy, maybe 11 or 12 years old. He'd be in year seven at school. And he worked for a priest in a temple called Eli. And the problem is Eli had not been honouring God. His sons were out of control, oppressing people in the temple. And Eli was sinning by not doing anything about it. And the nation had drifted. At the start of the passage, we're told the word of the Lord was rare. And uh, in other words, when, when God was sidelined, he was also silent. And so this one day, this little lad went to bed and three times God calls to him. And each time Samuel asked Eli, why did you call my name? Um, and Eli, who was not expecting God to speak, even though he was sleeping in God's house, told him to go back to bed. And it was only finally that the priest realised, oh, my goodness, the Lord is speaking to you. So if you hear your name again, tell God that you want to hear from him. And so finally, God repeats, Samuel, Samuel. And this young man prayed, speak. Your servant is listening. Speak to me, God. I really want to hear your voice. You know, the God of Samuel also wants to reveal himself to us. So the big question is, how do we not miss him? If you like, uh, if you imagine your phone, the sort of the bars of reception, how do you sort of improve your bars so you don't miss out what God has to say to you? Well, let me give you a few things this morning. Number one, listen to Jesus. At the transfiguration, when Jesus reveals his true glory to his disciples, God speaks audibly. And this actually only happens three times in the life of Jesus. What does God say? Well, he says this in Matthew 17, verse 5. This is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Of all the things God could say concerning his son, he could have said that we should obey him or worship him or give our lives to him. No, doesn't say that. Instead, God the Father says, listen to him. We're told to listen. Jesus is the main way that God speaks to us. The author of Hebrews says this. He says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times, by which he means the 39 different books of the Old Testament, the law of Moses, the different prophets and the writings, which would included the poetic and historical books. And he continues that he spoke in various ways. And so God revealed himself to the Israelites through fire and thunder and earthquakes and clouds and miracles and visions. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, 
whom he has appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. Wonderfully, if you are a Christian watching this, you've already heard Jesus speak to you. He's called your name and you have heard and responded to it. So be confident. Jesus himself said that we would recognise his voice. And yes, sometimes God does seem silent and I don't fully understand those seasons. But I do believe God is at work in them behind the scenes. However, you can always find the voice of God in looking at his son, Jesus Christ. So in lockdown, how how well are you listening to Jesus? One pastor, Robert Murray McShane, said this, learn much of the Lord Jesus for every look at yourself. Take 10 looks at Christ. He is altogether lovely. You know, if you're trying to find faith right now, if you're looking for peace and comfort in these really troubling times, there is no better person to look to. Millions and millions of people have found those things by seeking Jesus Christ. Just a while back, I can remember chatting to a friend in a coffee shop who was doing just that, trying to find the truth. And I said, look, let's read the first three chapters of Mark, the Gospel of Mark together in the New Testament. And then let's meet up next week to discuss So a week later, we sit down to chat about those first three chapters and he had read all of Mark. He had read all of Matthew and all of Luke. He was just so fascinated with the life of Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do the same. So number one, how do we really listen to God? Well, we're to listen to Jesus first. Secondly, we're to be still and we're to open our Bibles The Bible tells us to be still and know that I'm God in Psalm 46. Jesus tells us to find a room, to um, uh, lock the door, be on our own and start to pray. So I just want to encourage you, let's try and find some moments to be still. Find a comfy chair, find a comforting drink. If you're me, you'll grab a piece of chocolate as well and be still before God. Pete Gregg, who writes so much about prayer, says 99% of prayer is simply turning up. So even when even when you don't want to, if you've sat in your chair, you know, you've done most of the hard work, just pitching up before God. My problem is, and maybe you struggle with this as well, I hope, well, my guess is I'm not the only one, but I really struggle being still and when I stop talking to God and try and listen, my mind tends to keep chatting away. And um, let me just try and illustrate to you. Obviously, great expense has been put into these props. But these are meant to symbolise my thoughts. And so when I sit down and still my heart, often loads of different thoughts race at me. Things like, oh, no, I didn't send that email that I should have. Or, oh, it's... Um, someone's birthday in um, my family and I've not sent that card or um, usually it's things like what I've um, uh, failed to do I didn't go shopping or I didn't pick up the milk and sort of those things come at me and then um, even more than that um, there are some lies that I often end up um, find go through my head as well things like Um, I don't deserve anything because I've not really been good enough or God. Well, he's not going to speak to me because I'm not very good at listening. I'm not very good at hearing from God. You know, God speaks to prophetic people, but not to people like me. 
And those deeper voices can actually um, make me feel like I've got a dandelion type faith. So depending on how I feel, how well I've done, he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. And so listen, practically, here's what I do. I usually have a journal or some pen and paper with me as I pray. And so these jobs that need doing, you know, um, I just just try and write them down so I can immediately forget about them. I sometimes like joke with God and, and just sort of laugh a little bit with him about the randomness of my brain and how easily I'm distracted and how I can just lose myself in the middle of a prayer sometimes and I just end up thinking about something completely different and by almost sharing that moment and my lack of ability to pray with him it actually refocuses me back with him and then these negative thoughts actually you have to be very intentional with these as these can totally stop you in your tracks so again what I try and do is I try and acknowledge them um, I write them down or I speak them out and tell God about them and by doing that, I, I found over the years that it really robs them of their power um, because you realise just how silly they are. And then I fight them with the truth that I find in the Bible. So at the moment, uh, I'm loving spending time thinking uh, about Nahum 1 verse 7, which says, God is good, a hiding place in tough times. He recognises and welcomes anyone looking for help, no matter how desperate the trouble Believe me, this is a fight. So if you're going to get rid of some of those negative thoughts, you have to cling hold to the truth that God recognises and welcomes anyone looking for help. That's That, that applies to me. And uh, don't doubt how challenging this is, but that's the fight we have to do when we're finally still. Also, we're to open our Bibles uh, aside from Jesus, the main way that God speaks to us is is through the Bible. Now, uh, the Bible doesn't have like pixie dust that's been sprinkled over it or magic words. Rather, God, the Holy Spirit, inspired these writers of the Bible to write these actual words. And then he helps us understand them as we read them. God's word is living. It's active. He will speak to you through it. It will convict you sometimes of wrongdoing and sinfulness. It will correct you. It will guide you. It will comfort you. It will encourage you. It will build your faith. And so please, let's be reading our Bibles often. Let's read it like a book, but with the expectation that God will speak to us through it. Let's chew over just a few verses. Let's meditate on a few words. Let's even memorise uh, portions of the Bible so we can recall it at any moment. If you want to go deeper, buy a commentary and so you can really get into the text, find out what it meant to the original hearers and then apply it to our own lives. Listen to it, treat it like food for your body. Um, imagine that you can't go a day without it. Let's be people that listen to Jesus and secondly, let's be still and open our Bibles. And thirdly, I want to encourage you to listen to the Holy Spirit. God speaks to our spirit through the Holy Spirit. And that's why when you ask God, guide me, God, direct me, speak to me, you will hear him speak. Now, it's not that I'm expecting to hear Morgan Freeman suddenly whisper in my ear. But when you ask God to speak to you by his spirit, often there'll be a quiet sense or prompting that is God's spirit.
And that begs the question, how do I know what I'm hearing is actually from God? And and actually the church in Corinth that the Apostle Paul planted was asking the same question. And so he wrote to them to sort of say, here's how you work out whether it really is God speaking to you or whether it's just yourself or even if it's the devil. And the Apostle Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 12. This is the message version, which makes it a little bit more readable. He says this, remember how you were when you didn't know God, led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everyone else did. It's different in this life. God wants us to use our intelligence to seek to understand as well as we can. For instance, by using your heads, you'll know perfectly well that the Spirit of God would never prompt anyone to say, Jesus be damned. Nor would anyone be inclined to say, Jesus is master, without the insight of the Holy Spirit. See, Paul is answering the question by saying, look, don't be weird about it. Just use some common sense. If what you're hearing is in line with the Bible, if it leads to Jesus being glorified and people being loved, then you're probably on the right track, as that can only happen when God's spirit is involved. And so, listen, God wants to speak to you and to speak to you for others. That is called prophecy. It's the most amazing thing. Just yesterday, I was out on my prayer walk and I was praying about something that I felt God has told me to do that If I'm really honest, I'm doing it, but I'm not enjoying it. I'm finding it quite challenging and difficult. And I was saying to God, well, you know, is this right? And literally, as I was asking that question, someone texted me to say, I think God, um, uh, I think you are wondering whether or not you should be doing this thing. And they named the thing. And I'm texting you to say, God says, yes, you should be doing it. I mean, it was just amazing absolutely amazing see they just had this gentle nudge this prompt and they felt encouraged to tell me and by letting me know I was just massively encouraged to keep following God and keep being obedient and obviously there is so much more to say about how God speaks through Jesus through the Bible and through the spirit Um, but I haven't got time today so I just want to finish with a warning You see, sometimes God speaks things that we find hard to hear. This was true for Samuel. So let's just return to the story and find out what God said to this young man. Let's go back to Rachel Westerdale. 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verses 11 to 19. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it of it tingle. At that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family, from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, Here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, 
He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. See, what God said to him wasn't easy to hear. He said that Eli had been sinning against him, that what he was doing wasn't right, and that he had turned his heart and the people's heart um, away from God. Therefore, he was going to judge Eli's household and he was going to judge the nation. And so in effect, he was saying to Samuel, I'm trusting you with this. I want you to carry this message so that I can make things right. And that was a heavy burden for Samuel to carry at such a young age, huge responsibility that required action. And so listen, praying, speak, Lord, is such a good prayer to pray, but it is not a safe prayer to pray. And so I just want to caution you not to pray for God to speak to you unless you really want to hear what he has to say and then do something about it. Now, he may just simply speak to you about the blessing uh, over your life and his goodness and how much he loves you. And I find most of the time that's what God says to me. But he may ask you to do something that isn't easy. It may be that he wants you to say sorry to someone for something you've done or to pray for someone in a perhaps a more personal and public way. Perhaps he wants you to share your faith on social media, invite someone to Alpha or give away some money to someone in need. See, God specialises in giving us things to do that we struggle to do on our own that make us more reliant on him. But at the same time, he will only ask us to do things that will ultimately bless us and bless the world in the long run. So don't be scared I guess I'm just saying be prepared. And this is why listening is part of maturity, because it requires trust. And whatever you do, make sure that you obeyed what God showed you last. Before you want to hear him say something new, you know, a great question is, have I done what you last asked me to do? But as much as possible, be willing to do what God has put on your heart. Imagine our church family If we all prayed, God, speak to me, and we all did what he said. Wow, what a beautiful thing to behold. So why not take some time this week to start praying and listening? If you're not a Christian, when you ask God to reveal reveal himself to you this week, if you're there, God, speak to me. So guys, it's been so good to share with you today. Why don't we just take a moment to pray now? Father, thank you so much that you love to speak to us, your children. Help us to listen. God, I would ask you to speak to everyone who is seeking you now. Let them see Jesus. Help them to be still and give us a willingness to obey everything you ask us to do. God, would you do it? Would you do it, Lord? Help us listen to you and help us do what you say. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.